You're listening to Poetry Centered, where we invite a guest poet to dive into VOCA, the University of Arizona Poetry Center's online archive of recorded poetry readings. Our guest poet selects and shares three recordings from the archive and wraps up the episode with a poem of their own. Today, we're joined by Oliver Baez Bendorf, a poet and the author of two books, including his most recent, The Advantages of Being Evergreen. Oliver is also an assistant professor of poetry at Kalamazoo College. In this episode, he shares poems by Trish Salah, C.A. Conrad, and Chingyi Chen, all poets for whom Oliver shares his admiration, both for their poetry and the way they move through the world as thinkers and people. Hello, this is Oliver Baez Bendorf, and I'm recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan, on the land of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ojibwe, the Odawa, and the Potawatomi. This is Trish Salah reading Tiresias as Queer on the Run on October 19th, 2017. Trish is so smart. Back in 2015, I had the great blessing of being involved in an epistolary exchange with her. We wrote back and forth to one another for an interview conversation that ran on the conversant, which no longer seems to exist. But I'm revisiting our conversation now in my email inbox and so moved by her generosity of exchange around trans poetics, myth, including Theresia's language, body, genre. She asked really good questions. And it's that same generosity and rigor of ideas that I also appreciate and admire in Trisha's poetry. My favorite part of this recording comes approximately one-third of the way into the poem when you can hear Trish bridging the sound between the word queer and the word cure, pronouncing the slippage out loud. So here is Trish Salah reading Tiresias as Queer on the Run. So this book, Lyric Sexology, um, it's composed of... uh, I suppose, folios based on archives of representations of sex, of sex, sex, whatever sex is. Um, It's beyond, it's in between, it's limits, it's delimiting, it's race, it's construction of gender, it's class dimensions, it's pathologies, it's eugenic logics, it's biography of deviants, it's autobiographies of people who would rather not be deviants, Uh, polemics by feminists who, you know, had good cause, uh, still do. Um, Queers theorizing, trans people noticing themselves disappearing in various ways within the theorizing, the polemics. Um, And of course, we enact our own exclusions here, there, and everywhere. So um, this poem is from the Anthropologica section. And I suppose it's about monolingualism and slavery. Tracius as queer, on the run. Dog, the time you take home, the time you take away from home, the insistence, the instance worried out with your thick tongue, stink because of what you found on the ground and put in your gut, hairy as in beset or beast, to beast on their terms, their territory. Gut knotted, 
hold entwined to an internal clock, drape over the occasion, sleep on the mat at the meter's foot. Queer poetics or not, monolingual, but your poets are. Queer, cure, cure, cure misery, not confined to the nation state, but spread by road trip, hash, tragic opera. Idle vials can be convincingly propped to suit the man you want. To be, issued forward. Quote, the food that always remains, end quote. Esteemed, queer milieu, you want to tableau. An apology for discovery, accident scales, already weighted. Reviews in stone, long buried time. Mainstreaming, long buried time. Root as per root, ocean as per root, sleep as per root. On the couch, at the urinal, a woman, a race with a use value. For the revolution, for the dead, for women like me. Without documents, when the ocean is rooted, one criticizes, less guilty. Parting documentaries as love letters, cursive, sans serif. Queer poetics root for, if not abstinence, then the mainstreaming of prophecy and the dispute of Tiresias. Part ocean, part dog, nine parts of the nation state, a white kills for pleasure and gold and land and slaves. Tiresias was a white, and not a white. A queer speech, trafficking, like vector surveillance, vile night unending. The simplest equations are subtraction. A dog never loses its savor. Arab slavers. Fawn smear from the mouth, eye sockets. Tell me about your history, the one to come. This is C.A. Conrad, reading I Hope I'm Loud When I'm Dead on March 13th, 2014. C.A. Conrad has been and continues to be deeply important to me. Their somatic poetry rituals and their poems have taught me about being alive, about being a poet in the world, about ethics and practice and other ways of being a poet besides productivity. Having read their work on the page long before I heard and saw them read for the first time, I was blown away by the expressiveness of C.A. Conrad's voice. The impact of the tone and how the tone resonates between text and body. In this recording, you can hear the audience chuckling at a few points throughout the poem, and I find myself interested in those moments. To me, that laughter seems not necessarily in response to something funny or comical, maybe to relieve tension because it seems to respond to lines that are quite astute and rather serious. My favorite line in this poem is... You said too much poetry. I said too much war. So here's C.A. Conrad reading, I hope I'm loud when I'm dead. This is the poem. And I have free broadsides of this poem tonight. It's called, I hope I'm loud when I'm dead. I have a mannequin for a paperweight. It is difficult to type with such a large paperweight. I reach around lovers late in tonight typing. From behind, it is impossible to tell which is Virgil. Poetry can be of use. The field of flying bullets the hand reaches through, loving the aftertaste, 
finding a deeper third taste. Many are haunted by human cruelty through the centuries. I am haunted by our actions since breakfast. You said too much poetry. I said too much war. The biggest mistake for love is straining. There was a doormarked mistake we entered. You said too much fooling around. I said fuck off and die. This is Chingy Chen reading Dear Story of a Risk, 1878, on October 20th, 2017, at Thinking Its Presence. Chingy and I overlapped in Wisconsin for several years while we were both in graduate school, me in Madison and them in Milwaukee. Throughout the years, we have had many joyous and queer overlaps and connections from being on panels or readings together to most recently being part of the same 100s writing group. In this recording, Chingy gives some context before reading the poem. When they mention the troubled history in Massachusetts where they grew up, you might think for a brief second that this poem is going to be about the Salem Witch Trials, which were held in Massachusetts in 1878, the year the title mentions. But it's not about the Salem Witch Trials. On the recording, Chingyi mentions that there was a riot in Milwaukee in the late 1800s around the time of the Chinese Exclusion Act. What they don't say specifically is that those events were anti-Chinese riots. And the ones in Milwaukee were part of a wave of anti-Chinese violence enacted around the country at that time. It's interesting and weird to learn that this widespread anti-Chinese discrimination and violence overlapped in time with the Salem witch trials. But to be honest, my schooling in the history of the United States was rather abysmal, and I have a lot of making up to do for that fact. Chingy's work often calls me into history or histories, but sparing no expense of sound, syntax, and surprise. So here is Chingy Chen reading Dear Story of a Risk, 1878. My name is Chingy Chen, and I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you, Brigitte, for gathering us all um, in solidarity with each other. <laughs> um, and something that... Um, in a conversation brought up today at the um, at the troubling lineages and genre queer panel was about the question of desire, and the desire to have connection with each other, and to kind of have this, I guess this, I don't want to call it family, but some kind of familial, familiar um, connection that we don't, some of us don't often have with each other or find especially if we're in unfriendly institutions. So, um, and, and I came to the last thinking its presence, and it was a game changer to have um, folks who are further down the path be willing to be really vulnerable. And I'm looking at some of you um, who I remember sitting here, and that's the stuff people don't really often are willing to share with you, except maybe, you know, if, if you get pulled aside, it's a whispered conversation, but it's not something that people are willing to be public about. And that's really important to changing, um, you know, the communities that we're all part of and having things be more equitable. 
So thank you all. Thank you, Trigita. Um, and I'm going to share two or maybe three um, pieces that um, I'm also really obsessed with the archive. Um, I grew up in Massachusetts, um, which has a troubled lineage, and um, I have a troubled history with history. So a lot of this uh, work is about that. And um, Dear Story of Aris, 1878. I found them in box. Wright's directory of Milwaukee, their printed names dusty on page. Shane Ring, 276-3rd. Wing Wow, 86 Mason. Clean as sheet, near in their rows. Shell, a thin woman's back attempting to see. Covered. Paths cut off, as if war on skin, how many left behind this book? In paper, this sergeant, this gunmaker, she says, I do not want a window in the fucking sky. So that poem is about um, going through archives in Milwaukee looking for um, Chinese American names. Um, there was a riot in Milwaukee in the late 1800s around the time of the Chinese Exclusion Act. And I'm going to read this poem called Heritage. So this is a poem of mine called Michigan. I wrote it this summer. At the time I was co-facilitating with Jen Hofer uh, teaching on trans and non-binary Latinidad and finding a lot of strength from learning more about the life and activism of Celia Rivera in particular. Um, trying to hold myself accountable to that legacy by how I show up in my own life at various intersections. This poem will be coming out this fall in um, a journal called Interdisciplinary Studies in Literature and the Environment, a special issue on the pandemic. Um, and uh, it begins on an excerpt from a speech Rivera gave in 1973 at the Christopher Street Liberation Day rally in New York City. Uh, it became known as her Y'all Better Quiet Down speech. Um, four years before that, a group of Largely trans people of color and drag queens and sex workers had fought back against police harassment in what we know as Stonewall. Yet uh, white middle-class gay men and lesbians took gains for themselves and um, marginalized trans people within the movement. Rivera gave this speech that day after fighting her way to the stage amid booing from the crowd and um, and uh, other attendees uh, passing out pamphlets and antagonizing the presence of, of trans people um, at the rally. I'm moved by her willingness to take risks for what she believed in and to speak truth to power. Um, so here is my poem, Michigan. And this clip is from her speech that day. You all tell me, go and hide my tail between my legs. I will no longer put up with this shit. I have been beaten. I have had my nose broken. 
I have been thrown in jail. I have lost my job. I have lost my apartment. For gay liberation, and you all treat me this way? What the fuck's wrong with you all? Think about that. Michigan. Daisy Fleabane arrives early after winter onslaught of lake effect. Snowmelt becomes water that feeds wildflowers from the underside. Becomes flood. Comes family. A cellular structure for secrets. The year is 2020. Everyone is sick and healing. Not everyone. Everyone is sick or healing. Lives are precious or expendable. Expelled, expressed, released, sighed, sloughed off to replicate in someone else's precious or expendable lungs. Germination, occupation, months between vagus nerve and a memory of sociality. You might as well be in Michigan. I rolled into a pleasant peninsula seeking safe haven. And yes, sometimes an invisible cloak fits over my house. Caped children walk right by carrying plastic pumpkins. I push grass ordinance to edges, a local construction of crime. Legal height lowered. Rehearsing arguments with neighbors, I mow a tiny strip around the meadow. The pollinator garden tickles the curb with liberated wildflowers. Fleabane daisies such a startling puff of yellow, pink clover right over, and dock, dead limbs rotting but controlled into compost. We will grow things here. We are in this together. I'll post a sign explaining and pray no one calls on the rooster who rushes to elevation to greet the day or warn of it all day the same bugle meaning something only in his kingdom which I happen to live in. I surround myself in brown deck stains and elk and moose of the Michigan flag, state whistle, toad song, don't you know sun cooks the shame away. Who else needs to survive? I am trying to answer one question. I measure miles from the arbitrary border, drive through pharma for extra vials of testosterone, controlled substance. Our ex sees a criminal queer, scrutinizes ID, then dispenses a paper bag folded, closed, and stapled, which I toss, empty passenger seat, sanitize my hands, keep driving, fueled by fossils. North in Michigan, what is a mortgage? Is it a house of cards, a debt meant never to be repaid? Token of achievement in settlements, shadow? Am I the last loser in Michigan still banking on silence and pleasantries to protect me? Strangers slash neighbors power walk past my ragged lawn. Their yards are dull and starve hummingbirds, monarchs, cardinals, and bees. How is that more beautiful? They call cops on children in the road. If I stay in line, if I keep my head down, if I work harder, etc., copping myself. I have held my tail between my legs and sang grateful. I have been spit on for whose hand I held, harassed for the pants I wore, catcalled for existing. I have been slandered by the God Hates Fags family. 
I have studied their church compound on Google Street View and seen the Pride Center painted in rainbow across the street. I can no longer be placated by the colorful advancement of rights. Depressed to push or pull down. No wonder. An old ordinance still on the books bans fortune-telling, another way I am a criminal here, between that and the forbidden meadow and some other elements and the privileges I am often permitted. I forgot to assemble, paid on time every month, did homophobia's work by playing smear the queer. Sylvia didn't die for me to hide my tail between my legs, untethering from my respectable nest holding the X in my hand like a rosary and like a brick. I'm done being good. Oliver, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And as always, thanks to you out there for listening. We hope you'll join us again in two weeks for another new episode. Poetry Centered is a project of the University of Arizona Poetry Center, home to a world-class library collection of more than 80,000 items related to contemporary poetry in English and English translation. Located on the campus of the University of Arizona in Tucson, the Poetry Center library and buildings are housed on the indigenous homelands of the Tohono O'odham people. Poetry Centered is supported by the work of Diana Marie Delgado, Tyler Meyer, and I'm your producer, Julie Sorstad-Johnson. Explore VOCA, the Poetry Center's audiovisual archive, online at voca.arizona.edu.